1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. She's crazy It's time to step inside the Ike to with your host, Ike Feldman. What is up, people? What is up, combat sports people? What is up, meta people? Bye bye, FB people. Bye bye, Facebook. Hello, meta. But we ain't talking meta. I don't know what the hell it is. They have really cool, catchy commercials, but we are talking boxing. We will be joined by my first boxing guest in a long time at Dan Kenobio or Obi Dan Kenobi as I will call him. He will be coming up in 15 minutes. Oh, he's reaching out. He says, should I join at 815? Yes, Dan. That'd be perfect. Um, I'm going to say yes, please. Smiley face. Guys, this is your boy, Ike Feldman from the Eiktagon and NBC Sports Doing all things combat sports. I'm growing. I used to just be the MMA, UFC guy, but I'm broadening my horizon. Talking boxing. Now, I'm a surface amateur wrestler and boxing spokesperson. I could list you guys some champions from the NCAA, some Olympic champions in wrestling and Boxing. I know the names Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, Canelo. I don't even know if he has a second or third name. The guy fighting this weekend, Vasily Lomachenko, who's a two-time Olympic champion, the Ukrainian powerhouse against Richard Comey. But that's why I'm bringing in the expert, the guy who is on the PBC, ESPN, Fox. All the Boxing Countdown shows, Dan Canobio, this guy is in the know. He's connected, very well connected. He has Bob Aram on his freaking Fab Five to throw it back to T-Mobile. I started talking about Meta, and now I'm talking about T-Mobile. Hashtag the sidekick. And again, guys, I will take your digital phone calls, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I believe this is digital radio. Gotten a couple of calls over the first couple of episodes. And again, I'm doing this every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Spaces. No, I didn't misspell it in my title. I put spaces in the title. Spaces with your boy, Ike Feldman. And my boy, Mr. Brian Rascona, is listening. if Brian, if you have anything to say, I don't know if there's a a way to request or raise your hand to get involved with the conversation, but feel free, brother. I love you. I hope you're doing well. I know you're doing well. That's my cough button, the little mute thing. I just burped. I had some beans, rice, chicken, so I don't know why I always try to shove food down my throat five minutes before i'm about to record but uh, old habits never die oh we got my boy all right how do i do this i see him requesting it can i just add him as a speaker all right brian my boy i
2: know you're not just
1: surviving i know you're thriving at uh, times
2: like what's these, up brother. buddy can you hear me are we good Woo! with that classic voice are you are you making podcasts nah, yet no not yet no i'm getting my few shows here and there at wfan trying to gr- grind oh. through the process but uh you know what i caught a little alert on my phone and i haven't seen you or heard from you in a while so i figured i'd pop in and say hello
1: Wow. Wow. You you sound like you're enjoying your Tuesday night. Am I correct? Uh, can we uh, list exactly what we're we're spicing up the Tuesday night I mean, with? Watching, is it a is it a brown? Liquor? No, I'm
2: watching Jeopardy with my four year old right now. So <laughs> that's basically what's happening. And I I looked at my phone. I saw the alert and I said, let me see what this guy Ike Feldman's up to. So that's why I chimed in. And then you actually reached out. During, you know, just now, and you're like, well, Brian Rascona, hey, I haven't heard from you, seen from you in a while, so let me, uh, you know, if I could hear from Brian, let me hear from Brian. So that's why I figured I'd chime in, and then Ernie just chimed in. Ernie just jumped on, too, I just saw, which is nice to say.
1: I love both you. Ernie was the kindest guy with my mistakes. to be Joe Beningo. Hey, we got the the law firm behind the glass, and it hopefully he doesn't make another mistake this show. Ernie, we got Dove, no, not Dove, different Jew over there. Ernie was very patient with uh, all my mistakes and uh, everybody's mistakes that we're getting the. Uh, hey, dude, climbing the totem pole. You
2: know me. You know me for a long time. I'm never on Twitter. I'm not a social media guy, but you're a guy that I always enjoyed and I always liked over there, roaming those halls at WFAN. <laughs> So I will always give you the respect whenever you got something going on, man, I'll be a listener. You'd no doubt. Can
1: uh, can you give me a, a, a Hanukkah Christmas gift? Because again, folks breaking news, I'm Catholic and Jewish. Uh, fun fact. Can Can you give me a gift of a Steve summer story?
2: A Steve summer story. I mean, all my yes, stories, please, with, man, all my stories with Steve are negative. I don't know if you want that. <laughs> I think you're the one who put him in the elevator. <laughs> Oh my God. I have no no gifts to you on that front. But listen, man, listen, I wish you all the best. Um, I know you're doing well. I didn't realize you were with NBC Sports. Um, You know, good luck to you. And uh, I'll always be in touch. And whenever you got this going on Tuesday nights and I am available, I will always be listening. All right, brother?
1: Well, I appreciate it, man. I feel like you're one of the many former coworkers that
2: have muted me. Like,
1: can this guy talk about anything else besides freaking combat sports? Yeah,
2: I know nothing about combat sports. I just chimed in because I wanted to hear you and see what you got going. That's really it. So, well, Brian, I love you. You're the man. Uh,
1: Ernie, you're the man as well. Uh, guys, you were uh, very patient with uh, everybody in that building. But Brian... Man, I, I, if you guys don't know, Brian is a freaking golf addict. Like I'm a combat sports addict, everything combat sports, every single day. My Twitter feed, like if I find out any world news, which I never do, basically, I stay in my combat sports bubble. Uh, it, it's because some other fighter or personality retweeted it. But I am in my combat sports bubble. Brian, uh, can you jump on real quick? Are you doing anything with golf? Because as I'm trying to allude to, you are a talented golf commentator. And I, I hope you're throwing it in your, your shows that you're getting on the fan. Some uh, golf, uh, uh, I don't know, stories or anecdotes. Um,
2: I only did during, you know, the peak season of golf when I was doing my first show. My first show was on September 1st. And I did touch on the Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Cantlay, uh, basically extra holes. That was one of the most extra holes in a golf tournament that you'll see. I touched on it, but let's be honest, golf doesn't play on mainstream radio. So you're right. I would have to do some sort of podcast uh, in that regard and make sure I could get it out to the outlets that I need to get it out, out, you know, out to. But like you said, or like I said earlier, I'm not a big social media guy. So I'm not, you know, I'm just not into it. I, 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 you know, I don't care what anybody has to say on Twitter. And nobody cares what I have to say on Twitter. I'm sorry. I do. Nobody does. You know, I, I, I that's the way I feel. Nobody cares about what any of these people say on Twitter. And I love Ernie Acosta, and he's listening right now. I don't care what he says on Twitter. I don't care.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I really
2: don't. So, you know, I mean, you know, I see these stupid generic statements when there's a game going on like Patriots-Bills last night, and I don't care what these people think at all. And I love Ernie, and he knows that, and I text him on the side if we have something serious to talk about. But I really don't care what these people think. So that's what—that's my feeling, which is why I'm probably lagging in that regard. But you're right. I should take my expertise to a higher level. I just don't know how long I'm actually going to stay in this business, to be honest with you, the way things are going. But I'm still sticking it out. I'm fighting I think hard. we've been saying that for the last 10 years, man. I <laughs> know, I know. It's just so hard to let go. It's hard to let go. <laughs>
1: Well, all right, let's spin this forward. If you could put the analyst hat on, uh 60, 90, 120. However long you want to go for this answer. Uh what can we look forward for the 2022 golf season? What golfers will stand out? Who do you believe is gonna win the most majors? Give me something. That's all I know about golf.
2: Colin Morikauer. I said That's a real two. name. ice Colin Morikauer. He's from Northern California. He's won two majors already. He's one of the best young studs on the PGA tour. He's the only guy in in golf history to be ranked number one as an American golfer on the European tour. And that's the first time it happened. And he just won another tournament last week. And now it's not really peak season for the golf season, but I'm always locked in. He just won another tournament last week. Colin Morikawa. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying just for 2022. Colin Morikawa is going to be the future of, of golf as long as he stays focused, doesn't get, doesn't get sidetracked, doesn't let the outside stuff get involved, but a lot of these young guys who bust on the scene, win majors, and win all that money early, they let all the extracurricular activities take over. Um, you know, even Tiger Woods, obviously. I mean, you know, a guy like that who is as talented as anybody in the world, yeah. had extracurricular activities that let him take over his life. Rory McElroy, Rory Rory McElroy no. has not won another He hasn't won a major since he won that 2012 U.S. Open or 2014 PGA Tour, I think it was, PGA Championship. And he hasn't been the same guy. Now, he's one of the best golfers on tour. Nobody's denying that. But he's not been the same golfer when he was young that when he busted on the scene was supposed to take over. Now, another thing, too, you got to watch out on the LPGA. Nelly Korda. Nellie Korda is a very, very pride. She might be the next best golfer next to Attica Sorenstam. If she stays on track to what she's doing on the LPGA tour, that's something to watch as well. So that's what I got for you for 2022. But it's more of like the future of the golf world. Bryson DeChambeau, forget it. The guy can get more muscles. He can do squats. He can <laughs> squat 450 pounds. Is that the dude with the huge thighs? Th- All he wants to do. But he's not gonna. If he can't put on tour, he's not gonna win the majors as much as he thinks he is. Ike
1: is that the guy who's built like? A, and again, guys, Brian Rascona, he is the man with the Giants helmet. He loves golf. I don't know why he has a football helmet. At least make it a golf ball or something. Something. Like I'm a diehard. I'm
2: a diehard Giant fan too. On top of it,
1: I'm a Jets fan. What are we doing here? My goodness. But um, is is this girl? Is, is she a good looking girl? There's a point to this.
2: Um, I would say she's very tall. She's very tall and lengthy, so <laughs> if you're in, if you're into the uh, if you're into the bird esque golfer, I mean that's the one. The uh, avatars. She's not. Hey, listen, she's not. She's not an unattractive woman, you know. So, hey, listen. To each their own. To any, to, you know, if you like it, if you like what she uh, what she puts forth. I mean, for me, any girl who could swing a golf club the way these girls do on the LPGA tour is a is a trigger for me. I'm I'm hooked in right away. So. Like
1: I I believe. Uh fully that the the next superstar will not be some quiet russian uh from the middle of the mountains in dagestan or or some uh uh poor uh brazilian fighter i think it's going to be a gorgeous girl during this espn or there's about four years left with the ufc and espn i think it's going to be like uh like a Ronda Rousey 2.0 that takes over. So that that's the only reason why I ask. I was trying to draw parallels bet- uh, between golf and MMA, right? I'm not being a creep, right? Parallels. parallels. No,
2: not yet. <laughs> not yet.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh well stick around and listen man we got the man the myth the legend dan Canobio coming up in a couple of minutes uh again guys we're gonna do a whole rundown and brian i thank you for the insight guys he, he will have i don't know that something it just if you run into him to the street ask him who uh he thinks is going to win the next major down the road uh, i'm sure he'll give you a brilliant answer and uh, guys uh uh tom uh, Duvidic. I hope I pronounce your name correctly. If you like to speak, man, uh, request uh, be my uh, guest to speak. But my actual guest to speak is, like I said, the man, the myth, the legend. This guy is—he's growing in the the world of boxing and combat sports. Dan Canobio at Dan Canobio. <laughs> Obi Dan Canobio, uh, that that is trademarked, that is copyrighted. He's the man. He is a boxing broadcaster, the host of Inside Box Live, and also a play-by-play for a Flex Fight Series. He will be on the mic uh, this Friday. I don't know about Saturday. Are you going to be doing the, the Saturday show as well? I, I know it is uh, uh, Vasily Lomachenko at MSG. Can you uh,
0: give us some insight to your schedule? Yes. Thanks for having me here. I, uh, yeah, I'll be working both shows. Taking the rare week, weekend off from boxing. but I will be following along, but yeah, I'll be calling both events for Flex. Love doing that. Not just a boxing guy, I love MMA as well. Uh, yeah, so it should be an exciting weekend. So much, I mean, we're in the middle of a crazy boxing stretch for the last like yes, six sir. weeks. Even if you go back the last two months, beginning probably in October with Fury Wilder, right up until this past weekend with Tank and Haney, it's been amazing boxing uh, schedule and again guys we are being joined by at dan canobio this guy
1: is uh, the future of boxing coverage you got ariel hawani for mma but dan covers boxing and obviously he he's learning mma He he's covering it, it not only play by play but i'm sure you've seen the big storylines dan is the man dan are you gonna pull a, a dana white move or are you gonna have the the uh, silly lomachenko <laughs> richard Cuomey fight next to you while you're watching, uh, Ryan Garina doing uh, a knockout at the St. James Arena on Long Island,
0: <laughs> maybe figure that out. <laughs> I might have to do that, but the good thing at ESPN, I think it's not a pay-per-view, so I, I maybe might be able to get that on ESPN Plus. But I love that Dana White watched them both. He uh, probably had money on that Canelo fight. <laughs> I said this on my show. All like all the boxing people, like the PBC people behind the scenes, were, were watching the UFC card and vice versa because. You know, they want to make, they don't want to run into each other. They just like to keep an eye on things. That that happens.
1: Yeah, I believe he put 100,000
0: on Canelo. And I, uh, if I
1: remember, wasn't the line like, was it 2,500 or was it 800? Something like that. Uh, do, do you follow betting lines? Are I you, do. Are you...
0: That's something I've been doing a lot more. For that one, I, I remember I put out a video, told people to take the over, which was eight and a half, but also take the knockout. So it was a short, it was a small window, and that hit. It was a small window where Canelo got that knockout in round eleven. Uh, yeah, I like to follow the betting lately. I know there's just so much out there. There's so many uh, sports books, but I feel like there's not a lot of um, people giving you reasons why you are you should make these picks. And since I have all the stats, you know, since I have the the numbers and I know the trends, I like to give you some context behind. You know why I think like this will happen. That's something I'm doing a lot more.
1: And how can I forget the numbers? Numbers never lie. You are, you, are, you were born in it. You are part of the CompuBox family. Uh, in case anybody doesn't know, your, your father's uh, the person who started the CompuBox system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it started 1985. Was like uh, w- did he like go to bars and calculate percentages that he would like take a girl home? Like, how did this like whole trend start? Has he always been a numbers guy?
0: Um, not yes, he has. He, he grew up a big baseball fan. He loved oh, numbers. There you go. Stratomatic, uh, lo- huge Stratomatic guy. There like, you go. Played it like as a kid growing up. Had all the Stratomatic games as as a kid myself uh, from him. But he was like a behind the scenes guy in the '80s. He was working for Sports Illustrated as a researcher. Oh, nice working at HBO. Uh, you know, freelancing here and there, and he was also working at this place called Sports Information Database in uh, New Jersey. It was essentially like Twitter before Twitter, but it was like a hotline, and uh, it was all these different um ways to get stats, and these guys covered all different events. There was like a almost like a network of journalists, and he was working there with a guy named Logan Hobson, who eventually went on to co-found CompuBox with him, and they were saying like, "Hey, there's no." Stats in boxing outside of the tail of the tape. You know, height, weight, reach. (laughs) And then uh, there's no numbers, though. There's no, like, box score. There's nothing. So they said, can we do this? So they had, through his connections with HBO, he went and kind of just drew up a a quick little program, an idea of what it was going to be. And then he pitched it to Ross Greenberg, who at the time was a uh, producer at HBO. And then he went on to become the president of HBO. And Ross Greenberg bought it on the spot. (laughs) <laughs> so they went from like this idea to being in business to working Hagler Hearns in like the span of a couple months
1: oh my goodness well god bless your father and the Canobio family you guys are throwing and throughout on the on the combat sports scene uh especially locally uh, yeah, let, let me bro- just say
0: one thing my dad is getting uh, an award this Thursday from the Boxing Writers Association the Long and Meritous Award uh for pretty much a lifetime achievement award so I'm very happy and proud of all the work he put in. I'm glad he's getting recognized.
1: And I'm sure he's very happy about the work that you and your brother Nick are doing. Uh, And uh, guys, in case uh, you don't know, uh, Dan will be on the call Flex Fight Series this Friday and Saturday. Uh, Outside of Dan doing all the the beautiful stuff on, uh, what is it, Fox or ESPN, Dan is uh he, he's in he's in the grind for the local guys. I really appreciate that. He's kind of the news twelve of boxing and uh, combat <laughs> sports. I really appreciate it. But can you uh explain how uh, uh you and Nick got involved with the uh, the Flex Fight Series and how that that started up? And uh, I believe with the the co-owner Chris or something. Can you explain that stories and uh, some yeah, backdrop sure. so, of this
0: local organization? Yeah, in two thousand thirteen, my brother saw a void you know there was mma was obviously on the scene for many years but there wasn't i think it was just you wouldn't probably know better than me when was it legalized in new york
1: april of 2016
0: yeah so this was three years before it was even legalized but you were allowed to do amateur events (gasps) and a lot of the times the amateur events in on long island or in new york Weren't really put, to, weren't that organized. You know, I know a lot of stories of guys, MMA guys fighting in like these underground, like almost like a fight club circuit. And, uh, or they had, you had to go all the way to New Jersey for like a Lou Neglia, or you had to go like to upstate to middle of nowhere.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: My brother felt like there was a void. Like there was so, he grew up wrestling and we grew up around ah. the sport. You know, we grew up around MMA and wrestling, and we did some stuff with the UFC, but, like, we knew that, like, it was obviously very popular, and we knew that there was, like, a hotbed on Long Island. You know, Chris Weidman, obviously, at the top yep. levels, Ryan Le Flair, Uh you can go on and on. At the time, in 2013, the guys that were on top, and we just knew, he. or he knew, uh, I, I wasn't anything that I did. I came on as a broadcaster, but he knew that all these gyms had tons of kids, you know, whether it's Long Island MMA, whether it's law MMA. All of them had these kids that just wanted to fight, and they wanted to fight at home on Long Island. So 2013, my brother put together uh, the first event. I'll never forget it. It was at a small hotel ballroom, which is now, I think Jake's 58, to be honest with you. And the ballroom, <laughs> the cage, literally the ceiling of the ballroom and was about six inches below, uh, above the cage. <laughs> it was, there was like six people there. We almost ran out of gloves uh we weren't broadcasting live to anyone we were just you know recording it and i think he had like maybe six or or eight fights and it went off without a hitch and then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and then that, now look at today it's streaming on pluto it's you know it's all over the country they go to florida and they just do so many events and now they have so much money put into it i mean my it's all my brother i'm just here as a broadcaster because and, i love to call I- fights
1: and I saw that there was a meeting at Mohegan Sun, and there's some clues going on of what could happen in 2022. Can you give us some insight about uh, some plans? <laughs> for news next to year? Me.
0: I mean, oh. my <laughs> brother Nick, he, he moves in silence. He moves in silence. <laughs> and then I find out, you know, he'll tell me, hey, uh, you know, we're doing this, we're doing a pro show. I'm like, what? Uh, him and Chris, Machi, the, you know, he's a partner involved and he's the matchmaker. They are a perfect team. They're they the, both of them work so well together. So I. I know we have a lot of in store for next year. Uh, whether it's it's making the shows bigger, doing more pro shows, signing some names that you've heard, so uh, it's always exciting to be part of Flex.
1: Fantastic! And again, we're being joined by at Dan Canobio. Uh, you guys all listening know Dan for his uh, beautiful worldly boxing talk. So uh, sorry we had to plug the the local spots again. Uh, Dan's a fantastic broadcaster, host of Inside Box Live. Uh, uh he's part of the family when it comes to CompuBox and of course the play-by-play for flex fight series so let's spin it forward to this weekend uh you mentioned uh about how guys are breaking down or seeing fights when it comes to analyzing winners or looking at the betting side of things so Lomachenko Comey who do you got and why oh man um Obviously, Lomachenko has the pedigree. Lou is, uh, uh, de, excuse me, uh, bello is just pumping up Comey. I know it's his
0: guy, but he goes, "He's a live dog. He's a live dog." Oh yeah, I mean, he's a promoter. He's going to say that, <laughs> but he really is a live dog. comey has got a massive right hand. Uh, he he was a champion for uh, until Tufimov knocked him off, and uh, it was supposed to be T. Tiof- it was supposed to be Comi versus Lomachenko le- uh, a few years ago for all the belts at one thirty-five until Tufimov knocked out. Uh, Comey and then went on to beat uh, Lomachenko. Comey's really good. He's a uh, very he's a heavy-handed um orthodox fighter. But I just think Lomachenko is is class. Um he's you know on the north side of 30, but he's now healthy. That fight with uh TFimo he's notoriously slow start. He threw like I think eleven punches around for the in the first seven rounds and pretty oh, much wow. gave away the fight in the first seven rounds. And it turned out that he had a shoulder injury that needed surgery. It was a second uh, time he needed that so he has a little wear and tear on him uh, Lomachenko but you can't deny he's one of the most talented fighters in boxing still uh, ranks number one in a lot of the categories at lightweight whether it's power punch connect percentage jabs thrown per, uh landed per round uh, plus minus which is the art of boxing is hit and don't get hit he's got a plus minus of plus 18.7 so that means he's landing his uh, connects and what's what your opponent is landing on you. So, I mean, the guy is, is really good. Uh, I think Comey will just come up short and I like Lomachenko on, on points.
1: Yeah, and I, I saw that that tweet you put out with the percentage of uh, Lomachenko. I will include it in my NBC Sports Edge betting article. But uh, uh, I'm a I'm a what do you call it? like a uh, surface boxing, surface amateur wrestling, Olympic fan. I'm trying to get into it more, man. And guys like you make it easy to follow, make it fun to follow. Uh, you make Bob Arum seem cool. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that, that Bob Arum be. is
0: cool. Bob Arum's <laughs> turning ninety. Uh, is he? God I think bless tomorrow. Him uh he's wow. in town for the Lomachenko fight God bless him God bless him
1: but again guys if uh, uh, you don't know getting a
0: little ornery though you're right Aram's <laughs> getting a little ornery he's telling Coppinger <laughs> calling him a prick he's uh oh, oh my god he, god. he doesn't god. care if the uh what fights are being made. he's just like got to the point in his career he he can't be bothered with a lot of the silliness or he just makes it very clear like I I don't want to promote Terrence Crawford anymore. We lost money on him. Like he just tell you straight up what, you know, in a way I can respect it, but yeah, he's, he's getting a little ornery.
1: I don't blame him. I don't blame him. My only Mike Coppinger story is uh, during the the Mac May media event in Las Vegas, uh, August, 2017, Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to Lance Palmer, not Lance, uh, Lance uh, Pagmire. Pugmire. Pugmire? Yeah. yeah. Pugmire from the LA times, really friendly guy, really cool guy. And I go, yeah, I think McGregor's going to go the distance. Mike Coffinger kicks open like a Spartan kick in between us. He goes, wait, oh, what's your name? What's your affiliation? He put me in his story. He goes, like, basically, this prick, to steal a word from uh, Bob Aram, he goes, this prick thing. Wait, uh, it, almost went,
0: it almost went the distance. I know. I know. I
1: know. Uh, I was, uh, I don't know. Maybe it was on uh, some uh, substances out there to make it. But then when it reaches the 10th, I go, holy moly. I go, it might happen. But. Anyway. He could have
0: stopped. I was at that fight. I was at the working copy box. I mean, he could have. He could have won that fight any round he wanted. I, I, he carried him for the first couple of rounds. He threw five punches in the first round, Mayweather. I yeah, think he threw like ten in the second. Like he I knew think, what he was doing.
1: I think uh, MMA fans need to respect that. There's a difference between boxing power and MMA power. I know Woodley knocked down. Uh, 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 Jake Paul and McGregor landed a, a really solid uppercut, but there is a difference in the power. Like, you have to be precise with MMA and I think it gets it done. You just tap them on the tune of boxing, you kind of got to have, I don't know, a, a lot more thrust behind it. Cause you're swinging a bigger glove. Uh, have Probably you got to you gotta
0: have like a flow? I mean, I put out this tweet yesterday about, um, Paul versus Woodley and Woodley threw six punches in the first round. He threw eight punches in the second round. And then he threw 15 in the third. And then in the fourth, when he, he was working his way up. In the fourth is when he staggered Paul and he threw up against the rope. It should have been a knockdown. It wasn't ruled a knockdown, but the ropes held him up. But it just shows and, – and I understand that Woodley, it's a big if with him. Like, if he lets his hands go – you can go back to his MMA career if he lets his hands go. Fans have been saying that for years. But Correct. it's in this fight, he has nothing to lose against Paul in this rematch. He should come out like he did in that fourth round when he decided to, to throw like twenty punches, which is not a lot. Twenty punches is is an astronomically low figure in boxing. But for celebrity boxing or whatever you want to call this, you know, that's a lot. Like Jake Paul only threw twenty three or twenty-four punches around. Like he wasn't lighting it up, but Woodley. It can easily outwork Paul, and I think he has the heavier hand. So, that's how I think that fight should go. I'm just looking at Bet and Jam right now. You can get Lomachenko on points for plus two sixty. That's like a steal.
1: uh I think it's going inside the distance, man. I, I well, think Comey extends himself too much. I understand that's a, that's a fair
0: bet. I mean, it's it's a it's plus money, yeah. If you want, if you have disposable income, you can go Lomachenko uh, minus two hundred if you're very confident, but Lomachenko doesn't exactly have like one punch power, but he he'll have accumulation of of, of strikes. Like he'll he'll stop you, the ref will wave it off, kind of like we did with Nakatani. I know we're kind of all over the place right here, but I have it up here. Two hundred and sixty Lomachenko on points is very enticing.
1: Go for it, man. And again, we're being joined by at Dan Canobio. I see you guys. If you want to stick around in a couple minutes, uh, take your digital calls, uh, whatever you want to call it. I consider this now a digital radio platform. But uh, Dan, can you list your pound for pounds, uh, the top three, top five, if you don't mind? And
0: there is a follow-up to this. I usually don't make pound for pound lists. Um, oh, my I- I'll give you my – I will say this. There are four guys in boxing right now that are – have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. And that's Canelo in a way and Crawford. Those are my oh. top four. And I don't think that uh, you failed
1: the test. How come fury's in the, am, am I that benign? Am I that just like not in the box? scene I know I'm just a couple of years catching up, uh, trying to like cram knowledge here, but
0: how mm-hmm. come Tyson fury is not a type top three. Well, t- I, well, fury, his last three fights have all been against Wilder. So who's I mean, a you crazy can make a-
1: freaking challenger.
0: Yeah, I understand. Wilder, yes. but uh, Yes and no. I mean, the second fight, Wilder, he was just absolutely outworked. Third fight, you know, he showed a little more heart. But I have Fury in the the top five. I mean, I really don't make these lists. I don't like them. I don't like pound for pound because it's so subjective. It's like a popular – what's the criteria? People, like, lose sight. The whole point of it was that any weight – you put a guy up against another guy and you take away the weight class, just skills alone – I mean, I I don't think you can go wrong with the top four uh, of Canelo, Crawford, Usyk, and Inoue. I have Fury right there, uh, oh you know, in gosh. the second part 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 of it.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, you're like everybody else, man. You're like everybody else. I heard Kriegel. And uh, Kellerman, which great back and forth. And I don't know if Max is doing an exclusive. Uh, I know he does the Friday thing on uh, ESPN Plus or something. Maybe it's on Big ESPN as well. But he needs to do more, man. He's just a boxing savant.
0: Like, yeah, like he's himself. great. He's but, so uh, good. Uh, he yeah, he's like a inspiration of mine. When he had his um, his show on cable access when he was like a teenager, Max unboxing, and uh, yeah, he's like an encyclopedia. And uh, I had him on my show. That was a thrill after um, Fury Wilder. But the thing with with heavyweights have, for some reason, were never listed on pound-for-pound pound lists. I don't know. They, they're kind of in their own little boat because not a lot of people look at them as, like, pure fighters. They kind of look at them just as, like, uh, brawlers. <laughs> but, but Tyson Fury is more than a brawler. This is a guy that can move. He's got a good jab. Obviously, he's added power to his game now because he's been able to knock down uh wilder and and the fact that he's gotten up four times from wilder's uh right hand which no one gets up from wilder's hand he's supernatural uh tyson fury he should be in the top five if i made lists but i don't
1: and you talked about the the stigma of older boxing minds kind of leaving out heavyweights uh has that been frustrating for you like being a young cat like yourself uh covering an old sport that maybe you've had to, like, break some stereotypes and just assert yourself? Have you run into that at all?
0: Um, no, because I understand it's an older demographic, but I think it's getting, uh, the fans are getting younger because the fighters are getting younger and it's a little bit of a turnover. But, you know, there are some that probably know more than me historically, but I I know my stuff when it comes to history, just from being around the sport and being around my dad. You know, he's he's a walking encyclopedia and, you know, we talk boxing all the time. It's definitely, um an older media group uh for sure but there are some young guys there's you know coppinger's pretty young we're the same age uh ray flores who calls fights for triller and calls fights for fox we're around the same age and uh, there are some others it's definitely um what i try to do is bring a uh you know a younger mindset you know whether it's the type of media doing shareable content just doing stuff a little outside the box. That the know, two music. minute,
1: uh, what is that? The two minute drill. Uh, yeah, that thing is phenomenal. Well, yeah, I know the fastest
0: two minutes in boxing <laughs> because I know a lot of people have ADD and they only and if a lot of people also can't watch all the fights at one time, they, they either watch them on Sunday morning or they don't watch them at all. So I, a lot of people hit me up after I do those, those two minute recaps, and they're like, oh, "This is great because I wasn't able to watch the fights this weekend." Or people tell me watching these has got me back into watching fights and that's the best compliment you can ever nice. get you know
1: phenomenal phenomenal for me getting people in the fights is just have them have my wife cook an amazing meal and then they have to watch and uh two guys fight in their underwears and I, I try to explain it to them that's how i get fans <laughs> but uh again we're being joined by at dan Canobio. dan i appreciate the time just uh, two more if you don't mind mm-hmm. um are you happy that Floyd and the Klitschko, that era is past. And now we have the Teofimo Lopez's, the, the Lomachenko's, the Crawford's, the Garcia's, the Davises. Like, Are, are you kind of happy? I, I know they're all-time greats, and Floyd can be argued for the greatest of all time. But uh, are you kind of, like, satisfied that we're in this, like, I don't know, just a beautiful widespread, you got heavyweight, to, I don't know what the, the lowest weight is. Is it lightweight? Is it bantamweight? weight? But like, my point is,
0: boxing seems like it, it hasn't
1: <clears throat> been better in our lifetime. Maybe the, when we were born, around the Tyson
0: time? Uh, it's definitely on the upswing. And uh, when Floyd retired, I was a little nervous because he was the biggest thing going. And uh, everyone knew who he was. He had a lot of mainstream. He crossed over into the mainstream for sure. But a lot of times when people bought his pay-per-views, they had buyer's remorse after And it's not his fault. It's because he's just so damn good at boxing that he would just box the ears off of the best fighters in the game. And he wouldn't really knock guys out. And, and when, yes, he left a a lasting legacy for sure. But he also uh, put a lot of emphasis on being undefeated. And he kind of left this notion in boxing that you can only be good if you're, if you have zero losses and that has still is around today. Like it's, Floyd retired and his last uh, pro fight. If you don't count the McGregor one or the Paul fight, was 2015. Berto, Berto. His last fight was Andre Berto, and and it's still we're still fearing the ramifications of fighters that are afraid to fight the best because they don't think they think if they lose once, uh, it, you know their their career is over. So that's not the case. I mean, you can look like I like to say you know Oscar De La Hoya, Look at his his career. He has three or four losses, but he fought everyone. You know he's regarded as like a warrior. Uh, obviously, his out outside of the ring stuff is kind of you know marred a little bit of his reputation. But if you look at his fighting career, he fought everyone. Yes, he won some, he lost some, but he fought everyone. That's how it should be. So I'm glad that that's starting to kind of thaw out a little bit. We're seeing these young fighters come up the ranks, Uh, and we're seeing it in this last couple of weeks with the lightweights. Is like anything could happen. Like Cumbosos upsetting to your female no one saw that coming so now no. he is the cash cow that injects so much life into the sport and like yeah with klitschko those i mean he was a dominant heavyweight all time but his fights were boring let's be honest his fights were very boring <laughs> he fought mandatories all the time he didn't take any risks he was totally fine with fighting two mandatories a year in germany calling it a day now in heavyweight division we're in right now we got tyson fury We got Deontay Wilder, we got Anthony Joshua, we got Alexander Usyk, Joseph uh, Parker, we got uh, Joe Joyce, Dillian White, you know, there's a ton of names, and they're all, like, compelling in their own ways. I always, you know, there's a saying in boxing, like, boxing goes as the heavyweight division goes, and I I think that's the case. I mean, you have two big, giant heavyweights going at it, Wilder and uh, Fury, giving you one of the best heavyweight fights ever.
1: And ironically, and again, we're being joined by Ad Dan Canobio, uh, ironically, in the UFC, we kind of have like a, a very similar to boxing stall out in the heavyweight division with the John Jones and Francis Ngannou. It's funny, um, right?
0: Because I think that's a what's happening in the heavyweight division in UFC is like a very boxing thing to happen.
1: Yeah. And, and the fight might never happen. And I love how the UFC keeps everybody under the same banner and there's a ranking system. And these guys throw down their heart like we saw Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. Man, how many years off their freaking brain did they take from that fight? It was just two gladiators, warriors just battling out in front of a (laughs) bloodthirsty audience. It was beautiful for us, and I hope they got uh, well paid. But can you agree that Olympic boxing has a lot more action than uh, most uh, professional fights? Just kind of like balls to the wall, support their country. From what I've seen, uh, my perspective, that's how I feel. Uh, do you agree?
0: Um, in a way, yes. Uh, I think that this past U.S. Olympic team uh, was one of the better ones. I know it was the smallest one ever, but it had a guy, Keyshawn Davis, who was really good. It had a guy, this guy Torres, who's going to be a heavyweight. I think it's just that's the. I do think that's a missing piece in order to keep boxing. Uh, you know reinvigorated with new talent. I, I think that...
1: it's set in stone. My my bigger point, sorry to jump in there, but my bigger point is I think that's where MMA is going to go. I think it right now it, the UFC, the PFLs, the Bellators, one championship are kind of like the Olympics. These guys, I know they're getting paid obviously, but they're not getting paid as like a Tio Lopez or a Canelo, even a, a Caleb plant to put years of their life on the line. I think it's, you're going to see a lot more, like the boxing model. I think Khabib is the perfect example, George St. Pierre, of the boxing model in mixed martial arts. Very wrestling heavy, basically safe strategy. Uh, keep your record intact. Khabib finished 29-0. and 0. I think MMA is going to go that way as soon as the fighters realize how much power
0: they have. Um, but do but- they have power? I mean, what power do they really have? They, they have to fight or they're either out of the UFC Where and if you're out of the UFC, you're not making the most or... Or you're not as visible.
1: Well, this is the catch 22, man. If freaking John Jones could put down the the glass tray and, and the weed bowls and, and leave strippers and partying alone. And just uh, if he was that, that true character, he could have been the Muhammad Ali for MMA and kind of just make the the John Jones act. But it's like Dana White laughs at him. He's like, he's like, what are you talking about? And he goes, you're arguing to get a fight against Francis Ngannou. You want quote unquote Deontay Wilder money, ten to fifteen million dollars to fight, which he's definitely worth, one hundred percent worth it. But you can't be pushing your wife in a hotel room on the night that we're giving you an award.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, but I, even if even if Jones didn't do that, he, I don't think he would get the ten million.
1: Would would it have taken a Conor McGregor with, with a clean
0: slate? McGregor like somebody... McGregor's the only guy that they've ever that's ever made like close anything close to boxing money because he was super popular I feel like that's just how it is I, I'm not as versed in the MMA world but I, I when I see Jones asking for that type of money I thought it was cool I mean I thought it was great and he should definitely deserves it and I know that he hired Richard Schaefer who's a boxing guy and who's gotten big purses for fighters I just you know, Dana White is just going to dig in. He has so much power and leverage over these guys. That he, he can just dig in and and just say no. And you know, I'm not giving you that. And then, you know, in, if they did that in boxing, you'd be like, ah, oh, crap, that's that's all right, that fight's off. But the beauty of the UFC is it's got this deep roster and it's easy to make fights. You, people, fans can for, kind of forget about it because they're getting so many other big fights on a weekly basis. It's, you kind of almost were like, oh, crap, I forgot that. <laughs> John Jones, uh, you know, hasn't fought in a while because there's, you know, like the Gaethys and the Chandlers and Usman and, uh, you know, go up and down the list. And even, you know, Aldo fought this weekend and put on a great show. So it's it's two different cultures, I feel like. But I would love to see uh, these UFC guys get paid.
1: One hundred percent minute. And look at you tuning in, man. Yeah. And Aldo is one of the, the better uh, uh, MMA boxers, if there is a thing. Uh, but, uh, I really appreciate the time, man. Uh, I, this, this, this means a lot, man. I know you're a busy dude doing a lot. You got a lot going on this weekend with the flex fight series. Uh, if you guys don't know, now, you know, download the podcast inside box live. He, he's part of the CompuBox mafia. The Kenobios are taking over Dan. I oh, really yeah. appreciate the time, man. And, uh, obviously the inside.
0: Thanks, Ike. Thanks for having me. Keep grinding along and uh, hopefully see you at a uh, fight soon.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, maybe this Friday, brother, but, uh, right. we'll, we'll see what's in playing with the wife, but, uh, take it easy, brother. Have <laughs> a great right, week and, uh, talk to you soon, man. All right. Take care. All right. If anybody wants to talk, raise your hand request I'd love to get your thoughts on what Dan had to say. He had to say a lot. I asked him a lot. He stayed on for nearly 30 minutes and I really appreciate Dan's time. He's a busy guy. He's a busy guy. And he was in the the bullpen for Luke Thomas's and Brian Campbell's combat sports show. And uh, he got the call to the big leagues to fill in for Luke when uh, Luke Thomas, when he was out last week. And that's a big deal. A lot of people are recognizing Dan. If you're not, you should. He is the man at Dan Canobio, OB Dan Canobio. He's a fantastic, vibrant, young boxing broadcaster. Again, he is the host of Inside Box Live. He does play-by-play locally, Strong Island, baby, and maybe grown from there for the Flex Fight Series. I want to know your guys' thought. Why is Tyson Fury not a boxing top three? Dan listed off Terrence Crawford. Oleksandr Usyk and Canelo Alvarez, which are all great options. But I didn't know who the hell Oleksandr Usyk was till he beat Anthony Joshua. I did my research on Usyk. He's a former Olympic gold medalist, I believe, at the 2012 Olympics in London. He's undefeated. He moved up a weight class to face a fighter who's carved out of granite in Anthony Joshua. And he put on a hell of a performance against Joshua. I didn't know who Usyk was before that performance. Uh, And I think you guys could say the same with like an Andy Ruiz. I know Anthony Joshua has been everybody's person to kind of step over to make their name. But I think it was a little too fast to... Insert Usyk into the top three. Too fast. Canelo fought Floyd in 2012, 2013, something like that. And he's just been a marauder ever since. That's his only career loss to top two, maybe number one of all time in Floyd Mayweather. I know you could say, back in what was it 2018, Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez, the draw, the quote unquote draw. Yeah, sure, that's Canelo's second loss, but his only two losses. Triple G, Floyd Mayweather, not too bad. And this guy is a finisher. There's no doubt. Canelo, number one pound for pound, sure. You're there. You took the risks too. And I appreciate it. The fact that you stepped up to fight Floyd, the fact that you've stepped up for multiple times in different weight classes, I respect that. Canelo Alvarez is not afraid of any man on God's green earth. Then number two, Terrence with one R, Crawford. Undefeated, beautiful boxing technique, very quiet under the radar in terms of personality, very quiet, very calm, keeps his personality introverted, but man, he's an extrovert on fight night. And I not only appreciate Crawford because of his status and his winning ability, I appreciate him because he's a pioneer in the sense that he's not afraid to switch stances. I know this sounds, what? Boxers don't switch. No. Yeah. If you pay attention, traditionally 99% of the time, 99.999% of the time. Boxers do not switch stances. Bud Crawford does, and I appreciate that. Him taking the the risk to better his career, kind of be a Rubik's Cube for his opponents. On many fronts, I agree that he's number two. But Tyson Fury has to be number three. Before the December 2018 first fight against Deontay Wilder, I remember. I think it was December 8th or 1st. It was adjacent to a UFC uh, 31. UFC 231. Max Holloway, Brian Ortega event. I uh, I don't remember the exact day. Sometimes I'll go with this. Sometimes I'm not. This is a 50-50 call. But on that night, Deontay Wilder was still undefeated, was still 44-41 40 for in terms of knockouts. One decision in his career leading up to that fight with Fury. What was it? The 10th round? Misses with the right, comes back with the left, drops Fury on his arse. Fury has this 14 count from the ref that saves him, keeps his undefeated record alive, and he rises. Like the Undertaker gif. Just comes up from the dead. Comes back. Survives the rest of the round. And wins the rest of the fight to make it a draw. Wilder was very close to winning that fight. I'm sorry, Dan. I think people need to see Wilder win again. We could see a fourth fight. This could be Juan Marquez, Manny Pacquiao. We know in boxing, they love to take fights in between, big fights to kind of wipe the rust, work their technique, look for opponents that are similar. It's very different than MMA in that sense. In the UFC this weekend, Josh Emmett, a knockout artist, coming off knee surgery is getting a young lion in Dan Ige. Josh Emmett is not getting a layup. He's not getting two fights to warm up the the body, get the engine going, wipe the rust off, get his technique down, get up to quote-unquote game speed. No, he's fighting Dan Ige, a guy who's coming for his head. And I like Dan Ige in that fight to take advantage of the situation that Emmett, Maybe a little compromised mentally. What do I mean by that? I mean, Josh Emmett may be thinking of that knee, may not be too sure right away how he's feeling on that knee. If anybody watched, and this is a football reference, Dak Prescott, who had a gruesome leg injury last year, he was kind of ginger on that leg coming back. I expect the same for Josh Emmett and for Danny Ige to take advantage of that. And while Emmett is the more talented fighter and the more powerful by a long shot fighter of the two, I think he's going to try to feel it out, ease it out, but he doesn't get it. A chance like boxers do. Deontay Wilder needs to find similar opponents in stature. I don't know. They don't make them 6'9, 270. They don't make too many of these guys around the world. Needs to find powerful guys who can move well. Who will try to run him out of the ring? Who will try to bully him? People who can emulate Tyson Fury. I know Wilder is 36. But that man is in phenomenal shape. He was looking excellent in the beginning of the fight. Jabbing to the body. As Teddy Atlas would say, put the water in the basement. He was putting the water in the basement. He looked phenomenal early in the fight. And then he got clipped. And then he started seeing red. And then Deontay Wilder turned it on. And was trying to go for broke. I think Deontay Wilder needs two fights. We need to see him win. Winning is everything. Winning is everything. And imagine we get two more classic Deontay Wilder knockouts. Like the Stavern knockouts. Ortiz knockouts. He pulls off two more knockouts. We might get the fourth fight. But things need to happen fast. He is 36, like I said. He needs to get it moving. Maybe the spring of 2022 and then the fall of 2022. Could get back-to-back fights, two knockouts. Who's Tyson Fury going to fight? Oleksandr Usyk? Okay. Who else? Dylan White? I think those are win and win for Tyson Fury. Obviously, if he's motivated, but he just needs to take time to chill out because he climbed the mountain. I picked Wilder to win. I thought that Deontay Wilder would not only survive, but thrive to make it to the bell and win the fight. I was correct that he had the heart. Uh, I was correct that he was going to take a shot and you would have to kill him to drag him out of there. But I was wrong about Tyson. Tyson Fury proved me wrong. I believe he is a very cerebral and also a very mental fighter. In the fact that if he saw the backdrop that Anthony Joshua, that fight was taken away from him because of Oleksandr's Usyk's upset in September, that a couple of weeks later for the October 9th fight, He would kind of lose motivation. That $100 million payday, UK versus UK fighter in UK. What a massive fight that would have been. Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury. (sighs) Massive, massive, massive. Would have been massive. Usyk played spoiler. Tyson Fury played spoiler with me. I really thought he might have lost just a little. Just a little. But he didn't. Put on my blue suede shoes. Just got off the Delta blue.
2: Las Vegas, I love you.
1: Yes. Wilder was singing once again October 9th in Vegas and well-deserved. The man is talented, firing absolutely on every single cylinder. It's impressive. And that's why that man needs some respect on his name. Put some respect on his name. Top three. Come on. I'm sorry, Usyk. Tyson Fury. What are we doing here? To steal a term from Ariel Hawani, Usyk, in my book, is a Johnny come lately. But he's really good, too. Boxing's in a great state. That's why I had boxing statement Dan Canobio to explain it all. This guy is in the know, very well connected, very well connected in the boxing scene. And I appreciate, Dan, what he does for combat sports and what he does for my sport, uh, mainly mixed martial arts. He's the play-by-play commentator for Flex Fight Series. He's the host of Inside Boxing Live. His family created CompuBox. Dan is the future. Dan is the now. He's part of this wonderful new wave of combat sports. And I'm very, very, very appreciative of his time. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, Twitter, spaces with your boy, Ike Feldman. Thank you, Brian Rascona, Ernie Acosta. Dan Canobio, of course. You're the man, brother. And all the listeners that join. I got to do a better job at working you guys in. Trying to get some... Uh, I don't know. This is not only about the, the guests that I'm bringing on. It's about you. It's about you guys. And maybe I'll push the guests to the back half of the show. And you uh, could do some calls that way. Digital calls. Digital calls. But... I love you guys.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts